Welcome to Cleaning Up, a podcast about all things business, commercial cleaning and franchising. Each episode, we bring new insights on growing and building a janitorial business. We discuss business, franchising and all things cleaning. Here's your host, Damien Boehm. G'day, I'm your host, Damien Bohm. I'm the founder of Urban Clean, a national and now growing international commercial cleaning franchise. And today, I want to talk to you about keeping customers for life. There is no point winning business only to lose it. If you want to make money in commercial cleaning, you absolutely need to know how to retain clients. Today, I'm going to share with you the three steps I use to keep clients for life. Winning contracts, yeah, it's sexy and exciting, but in reality, the game is won or lost on customer attention. I'm no golfer, but my golfing friends tell me that the game of golf is won or lost with the short game. Yeah, it's fun to hit the ball 300 yards to have that massive shot that goes way down the fairway and a monster drive. It impresses everyone, right? but you're not scored on how far you can hit the ball. Scoring in golf is all about getting that little white ball in the hole with as few shots as possible. When you're running a cleaning business, it's impressive to win a swag of cleaning contracts, but the game is won or lost on customer retention. Your scorecard is not based on how many contracts you win. It's based on the number of clients you win and keep. Businesses that provide exceptional customer experience, that keep their customers just as happy two years after they start as they do in the first month, they're the businesses that win. And it comes down to appreciating the lifetime value of a client. A lot of us, you know, see the value of keeping a $10,000 a month account. I mean, that's $120,000 a year in income. But did you ever stop to think about the value of a $500 a month account? Because it's much more than $500. If we keep that account for five years, it's worth $30,000 to us. If we keep it for 10 years, it's worth $60,000. Great retention rates make even the smallest accounts valuable to our business. So when we've won an account... What should we do to keep it? There are three steps. The first is about delivering on promises and meeting client expectations. If we said we're going to send reports to them on a monthly basis, we got to send reports to them on a monthly basis. If we promise to clean the front windows once a week, we got to clean the front windows once a week. It's obvious. But one thing I do like to do when I start a new account is to understand any unspoken or assumed expectations. Clients aren't always forthcoming during the sales process. People are shy and sometimes a little suspicious during the sales conversations. They don't want to be sold to and they don't always want to tell you all the dramas they've experienced with their last cleaners or why they chose you. Now that their guard is down because the sale's done, I want to know everything. I want to know all the dirt. I want to know what their last cleaners did to let them down, to to get them 
agitated and, and upset enough to move on. I want to know why they switched to me and especially what they're hoping to get from my service. I write everything down and I'm going to compare it to what they've told me was important during the sales process. If they've told me extra things, I'm going to make sure to include those extra things in the reports that I do, in my audits, um, and we'll cover what that is in a moment. So I want them to know that I've listened to them and I'm actioning those extra things. I also want to understand their standard of clean. For some clients, clean only means taking out the trash, giving the place a quick wipe over and and a vacuum. Other clients we know are going to be a lot fussier. So I want to sit down with them and agree to a standard. So we're both on the same page and we've got a benchmark of what a perfect clean for their place looks like. And of course, we're going to be taking into account the scope of works and the state of their building. We're in the cleaning business after all. We're not renovating buildings. My monthly audits They're going to be based on this benchmark. And that leads me to the second step, and that's having a clear system of communication. The number one reason customers leave is because they no longer think they matter to you. They don't feel listened to. They feel taken for granted. And it's easy for this to happen. Cleaning happens at night. No one sees the cleaning. Cleaning does matter to businesses, but it's not normally on the top list of their priorities. Clients could be dissatisfied with your cleaning, but stay on with you because they're just too busy to change their cleaners. If you assume they're happy because they don't complain, you could be dead wrong. The key to avoiding this is being proactive and not reactive. If your interaction with clients is limited to sending them an invoice and responding only to complaints, Don't be surprised if one day you're told they're changing cleaners. So don't make the the mistake of assuming that your clients are happy with your service just because they don't complain. Some people don't complain, they just leave. They may just tell you it's a budget issue or they've decided to take it in-house. They don't want you upset and they don't want to start an argument. If your interactions up until that date have only been about responding to complaints, The reality is you never build a relationship, and so why would you expect them to give you their full reasoning for terminating? You just can't expect that, right? So we don't want this to ever happen to our business. And if we don't want this to happen, we've got to have in place a system of proactive communication. There are three formal channels of communication I have with a customer. The first one is a communication book. The second is daily cleaning reports that are generated by our own software. Urban Clean has its own proprietary software called Janaflow, but there are a number of other softwares that have similar functions in the the marketplace too. Third is monthly audits. I'm going to educate a customer on these three methods of communication and why it matters that we do them. This is super important because some clients will tell you, yeah, no, Look, don't talk to me. I'll let you know if there's a problem. Now, as tempting as it is to comply, because, you know, it makes our life easier, right? We don't have to communicate with them. They've told us just clean and they'll tell us if there's a problem. I don't accept that. I make a point of laying down my ground rules for doing business with them. And that includes, of course, a communication book providing 
daily cleaning reports and monthly audits for their business. I know how important it is to keeping their business. And once I explain why I do it and why it's so integral to the service I provide for them, I don't get much pushback. And even if they don't read any reports or any audits, what I'm doing is communicating to them that I'm a professional. I stay top of mind in regard to cleaning And if there ever is an issue, they know I'm available and easy to contact. So let's cover these three channels of communication. In Urban Clean, we have communication books. And these communication books have a copy of the scope of works. So that's what we've agreed on to start the service with them. We have a checklist and we have a place to write notes to the office manager and for them to write notes to us. My cleaners are going to fill out that checklist every clean and they're going to sign it off. It might seem a little redundant in the 21st century that I do this because these are paper books, but I don't want there to be any chance of missing an important note or chance of missing feedback from a client. And sometimes people who are influencers, for want of a better word, on the cleaning, they they don't like using emails for the cleaners Uh, Or they might have taken over responsibility mid-month for the cleaning, so they're not included on any of the emails. We also keep uh, our chemical information and any safety sheets at the back of these books. On top of the communication book, we have an app, and ours is called Janaflow, and we built this specifically for our franchise partners. So clients receive real-time notifications of arrival and departure times, And a cleaning report is generated that includes photos of important items, requested tasks or actions, and the detail of who was on site at the time of cleaning. These reports, they provide full transparency around the cleaning. And because they're emailed, it's just another way for clients to communicate with us. It covers you. It demonstrates to your client you're paying attention and actioning items that matter to them. Now, because we've got the communication book on site, we don't need to use the app to go through a full cleaning checklist. And I don't suggest you do that, uh, whatever piece of software that you use. So we can use the app now to just cover important tasks or items. Remember, we know what these are. We know what matters to them because we asked our client um, at the start of the clean. And we're also getting their feedback at least on a monthly basis after we send our audits. Janitorial cleaning is ongoing in nature. It's not a one-time transaction. So clients' needs and requirements are going to change over time. What mattered to them, say, two years ago, six months ago, it's going to be different to what matters to them now. Businesses change. People change in organizations too. So at the end of the month, I'm going to conduct a full audit that benchmarks our cleaning to the standard we agreed on, remember, our compliance to internal processes, legislation around safety, etc., and a list of site recommendations. You, you can do this audit with the client in person if you want. Uh, I do this for larger accounts that they say are over $10,000 a month, or you could do it in the evening at the end of a clean, so your last month's clean. I email it to them and I ask for feedback. I want to know if anything's changed and if there are any new things they want me to focus on. I also want to know if I still have the right contact person in the business. So people move on, they get new jobs. I don't want to find out that there's a new office manager six months after they've started their new role. In the calls I make, and this might sound a little counterintuitive, 
I'm actually fishing for complaints, rather niggles. I want to fix things or focus on things before they ever become issues or complaints. We want to win a client and keep them forever. And we're only going to do this if we adapt and adjust our service to accommodate their changing needs. Their requirements and our service have always got to be in step with each other, in alignment. And we can only do this if we're proactive, if we're actually trying to find out what matters to our clients. And I want to be on the front foot all the time. And if we're proactive in our reporting, we're proactive in our communication, and we're systematic in in seeking feedback, we're always going to be lockstep with our customer. And once I get that feedback, I'm going to make changes in our cleaning app, Janaflow, so clients know that they've been listened to and I'm actioning their requests. Satisfied, loyal customers, they don't just keep doing business with you, they also buy more and refer you to others. Without building professional relationships like this, your business will become vulnerable over time. So it's so important that you do this. If you don't communicate and you don't adapt your service over time to the needs of your clients, other cleaning businesses are going to approach them. They're going to listen to them. They're going to offer solutions that they're after. You can't afford to lose touch with your clients or assume that just because you clean them according to the schedule and scope that might have been agreed on years ago, that that's enough to keep their loyalty. If you become out of touch, a competitor can come in and say, we'll solve this problem, we'll do this for you. And clients might begin to say to themselves, well, my current cleaners, they've never talked to me about that. They've never asked me what's important about the service. They never chase me. I'm always chasing them. Maybe they just don't care anymore. Don't put yourself in this situation. Don't react to complaints. Anticipate their needs before anything ever becomes an issue. Some clients never complain. I've said it before. They just leave you. The third step in keeping clients for life is positioning yourself as a trusted advisor and an asset to their business. When you do your regular auditing, you're going to include advice on improving the appearance, the hygiene, and the function of their facilities. This is going to position you as a trusted professional that you can rely on. This opens up their wallets too. It gives you a greater portion of their facilities and maintenance spend. They're spending the money already. They might as well spend it with you. And it makes you extremely referable. You want to be like a one-stop shop to them. See, I want to be more than just their cleaner. I want to be their trusted advisor. You want to be like a doctor. A doctor asks questions, makes an examination and a diagnosis. You don't usually question his or her judgment. If he or she prescribes you medication, you take it. You respond in this way as a patient because... You're in pain or you've got a big problem. The doctor has gone through years of training and got a bunch of qualifications and you're conditioned to accept their authority and expertise and trust that they've got your best interest in mind. Now, you have a distinct disadvantage as a cleaning company. It doesn't matter how successful you are, how much money you make or how many employees you manage. As far as your clients are concerned, you're just cleaners. You lie at the bottom of the totem pole. Uh, They wouldn't even think of schooling their accountants on finance or teaching their solicitor's law, uh, but they're more than willing to share with you how the cleaning should be done. 
that's just the reality. We've got to deal with it. So unlike the doctor example, uh, they're not conditioned to accept your authority as a cleaning service provider. You instead have to work to earn their trust. And it takes time to become an expert in their mind. If you do a great clean and you follow these steps, you are going to build that trust. They'll know you're more than just a cleaner. In the monthly audit, you're going to be providing suggestions and recommendations to improve the cleaning and service you provide. What begins to happen when you do this is you reposition yourself in their minds from being just cleaners to becoming cleaning professionals. If your recommendations are knowledgeable and they're useful, you start to become a trusted advisor. If you help them save money, improve the hygiene, add value beyond cleaning, you'll have lifelong customers and raving fans for your business. I like to provide them with a schedule for all the periodicals, such as carpet cleaning, pest control, window washing. I work with strategic partners to offer services that extend beyond cleaning, like security, garden care, building maintenance. Uh, I've done a podcast on how to work with strategic partners to do this. In short, remember, people are paying for cleaning. They're paying to get on with their day. Your cleaning and any other services you, services you provide them Let's them do that. If you follow these three steps, you'll pick up things before they ever become a problem. Clients don't want to change cleaners. Believe me, they don't. They want to find a great service and stick with it. The key to high customer retention comes down to understanding their needs, having a proactive system of communication, and becoming a trusted advisor to them. In future episodes, I'll cover what to do if a client wants to pull out of a contract what to do if you feel a customer is being unreasonable and how to make sure your cleaners keep high standards every clean. If you've got value out of this podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Hey, if you happen to be looking at getting started in your own commercial cleaning business or want to help scaling the one you've got, we can help too. Take a look at the show notes. There should be some links there to get some more information and reach out to our team. Stay tuned for our next episode. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Cleaning Up Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all you do. This podcast has been brought to you by Urban Clean, a commercial cleaning franchise with opportunities available globally. Check us out at www.urbanclean.com.au. Stay tuned for our next episode.